Hello. Hey. I'm Alex. And I'm Val. And we're back to talk about Sopranos. Yes. Making our way through the show. We are. A little slower than we like to be. Yeah. We like to do two episodes a week. Yeah, but we missed Monday. It just couldn't happen. We tried. Yeah. We we really do try. Um, but I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, we're, all, we're nearing the end. We are. So, yeah, you wanted to put up with this much longer. And if you're in the future, then this is irrelevant. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about Luxury Lounge. Yeah. So, episode seven, written by Matthew Weiner, directed by Danny Liner. Leaner. Liner. Don't know how to pronounce it. That's okay. Irrelevant. Uh, it's an interesting episode. It's... They're really kind of... It's kind of one of these standalone episodes of Sopranos, for me, mm-hmm. where there's kind of a departure from the arc of the season on the whole, and we kind of have a storyline that exists in and of itself. And it's interesting because they kind of choose to focus mostly on Artie, and mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to really expand Artie as a character, which is something that is kind of coming out of nowhere in the context of, of the, the season. season. Yeah, And it's also kind of one of the last moments where we do really expand Artie as a character in the entire show. Yeah. I always mention the YouTube channel that doesn't exist anymore that <laughs> pieced together come back. pieced together full character arcs. I really wish it still existed, but I did watch Artie's. Mm. And it is true that this is actually very much towards the end of our time yeah. with Artie. And that's not giving away any... There's nothing dramatic to give away. Yeah. But we haven't really seen Artie for a while yeah, in the show anyways, right? So to have an episode that's so highly focused on him and his identity and the way his restaurant links to his identity um, and the way food kind of links to other elements of the show. And also really his psychology. Yeah, I mean, like at the end, kind of Tony coming and, and saying, you know, I have a psychiatrist that I'd like to recommend to you. Also this kind of window into Artie's wrestling with the big questions of who am I and right. am I happy and where am I going? The things that we've been talking about with other characters in this season in particular, we're now able to kind of witness that for Artie, which we don't really get at many other points throughout the entire series. No. That doesn't happen that often. So it's almost kind of fitting because as the show draws to an end, it's an opportunity to kind of flush out some of these characters who've been there from the very beginning. Yeah. One and, of the things that's interesting, that like, because we do see... In this episode in particular, we have a lot of things that kind of like harken back to other earlier moments of the show. Yeah. And this interaction that Artie has with women has something that we've seen again and again right. throughout the show. Like it makes me think back to like when Adriana was working at the restaurant and kind of like right. the jealousy. And also and this the... like Armagnac, the French storyline. Exactly. So it's like very yes. repetitive. And I think... There was some criticism of that, but I actually think it's kind of the point. Like, there's kind of something mundane about it. There's something kind of repetitive about it. It's that Artie kind of keeps on finding himself in the same situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not really any excitement, and it's the fact that we've now been privy to the fact that the same things just keep on happening to Artie, and he's he's always kind of susceptible to the same things. He finds himself in the same kind of trouble. His relationship to Tony and the mob exists in the same way where it always kind of leads him into these places where he kind of screws himself over. Yeah, and he's so highly focused. Like, he talks about his dad saying, you know, honest work pays off in the end. Right, right? what a joke. And 
you know, but he is like he is a character in Soprano world, Soprano land, who has stayed out of that, right? He grew up with Tony. He made different choices than Tony. Right. Right. However, he's still locked in their orbit, right? Like he's still even though he yeah, like he doesn't take money from them and whatever, like all this bad shit happens to him because he is connected to them. I mean, he also is responsible. He is he also, also responsible. Yeah. In very questionable ways. Yes. <laughs> but I love that like that's I don't know, like everyone focuses on like Artie, like just don't go and talk to people. Like that's the solution. <laughs> like that's the solution here. Right? I mean it does seem annoying. He's annoying. <laughs> He's annoying. Poor Sparks guy. Sparks flying. It's gonna be a high chair. Yeah. Poor <laughs> I guy. like people's like the 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 development of people's reaction to that to that statement throughout the episode, people are getting more and more <laughs> unimpressed by his banter. It is really interesting though, because like we have even the setting of Vesuvios, mm. the way that it's kind of set up, like in the beginning of the episode, there's this billboard for it, and they actually say like an affordable elegance. And I think there's kind of this this environment that's created at Vesuvios and is kind of focused on in this episode where it's kind of a space that is it's kind of I don't know it's kind of like an in-between place and Artie is kind of like lacking in identity in that he's attached to the tradition of cooking and it is a very key part of who he is but he doesn't have what he wants like he doesn't feel like a success like it's in this kind of middle ground like Mm -hmm. it is this kind of like affordably elegant place Mm -hmm. that doesn't really bring him fulfillment and actually there's like a lot of focus on the murals in the back and of what I imagine is Mount Vesuvius erupting yeah. that we see multiple times actually like right after and you know, like with the, with the billboard there's there's a scene where we see the volcano near the mm-hmm. end there's a scene but there is kind of like already on the brink of erupting just unable to deal with all these things yeah and also his identity we get the opportunity to really spend a lot of time with him and the idea that like this two first is is going so against right well because he, he sees himself as this fine dining establishment it's actually stated in yeah. the beginning yeah he'd yeah. rather die or whatever right. than this is a fine dining establishment yeah yeah and there's also a lot of kind of what seems to be jealousy and maybe a lack of confidence and direction for himself when He's confronted with his da Giovanni, um, this younger chef. Handsome chef. Younger, handsome <laughs> chef. But it's interesting because there's actually relationship to all sorts of people from Artie as cooks. He refers to oh, da Giovanni, like this this young guy. He's also near the beginning referring to there's these guests that he's bantering with about his older parents and their 75th celebration mm-hmm. at the restaurant. And talking about, oh, like what a good cook. I think he was. Yeah, in the army or whatever. Yeah. But there's just like kind of, it seems like there's all these places that are threatening to Artie and his identity as a cook and maybe like the best cook in this environment, in this Mm -hmm. world. And he's being confronted with the fact that maybe he's not or that other people maybe possess that identity as well. Yeah, it's interesting. The one thing that sticks out for me for this is the line that Marina... Martina? I think it's Martina. Martina? Um, Yeah, because he says like Martini, Martina. Um, She says to him that he looks at her like food. Mm. And we see in this episode 
More boobs than usual. More boobs than usual. And HBO is yeah entering the you know, boob phase. <laughs> no, no, like they had boobs before. We just like we haven't seen boobs very often on the right. Sopranos these days, but we see them in this episode. And they I even think talk about them. They even talk about them, and that's the thing. Like we see, you know, when Artie's at the Bing with Tony, being like, "Well, you could fuck her, right?" Mm. Like, and but he like for him like that's he can't. He's not that person. He can't be that person. Yeah. He looks at her like she is not a person, right? Like yeah. that she's this kind of meat. And same when Christopher is in his hotel room in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's basically like, you know, using this person for drugs. Right. And sex, yeah. right? Like it's just like um it's the same thing, right? It's this like yeah, I don't know. It's I just think, like consumable good, right? And yeah. so it can be like, you know, whether or not it's like high class food like Don Giovanni or whatever. Or Da to, Giovanni? I don't know. <laughs> Looks like it was Da. Da Giovanni. Da Giovanni? I don't know. Whatever. I don't have any Italian. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't think it was Don Giovanni. <laughs> that would be confusing. Um but that it's the whole this womanizing aspect into <laughs> into focus. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it, like it's this consumable kind of product, right? And and I think that's how Artie mm. treats a lot of the world, right. or like the people around him. Right. Um even the and as does Tony and all those guys, right? right? Like everything's kind of this commodity or this product, right? Yeah. That's like Avail- like even with like Chris going to the luxury lounge, for example, right? It's just all about like getting things, yeah. right? Consuming goods. Yeah. Um, just to there was another there's another piece in this episode that harkens back to like a really early episode with the Jewish Shylock right business. Right. Uh, it's just a quick scene. Yeah. But it kind of like reminds us of that. Like it reminds well, this, us of how like this world, like how many people in this world are really impacted and like yeah. how everyone's connected and I think that's a really good point. And it's actually it's something I was thinking about too, because there's actually like a notable use of connection between characters in yes. this episode specifically. Like the fact that at the Shylock they're selling the credit cards. They're also selling the credit cards at Vesuvios. Yes. There's definitely like a link there. And I think Well, those... and there's like agency and choice in doing it, right? right? It's like getting yourself involved versus like kind of being being involved. And at the Shylock too, like he's also then there's kind of like an obliviousness to the impact that it has on people because then he's kind of like reading these spiritual documents, right. these readings, yeah. whatever it yeah. is. But you know, still like being principled and like that 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 kind of yeah, that that kind of complication of, mm-hmm. of dealing with these moral principles and the fact that you're causing harm mm-hmm. to the world. That's mm-hmm. something that obviously we've been investigating a lot with this show, but mm-hmm. it just kind of shows up again. Yeah, like how, again, like how do you see yourself, right? So yeah. like can you still see yourself as this good person? Right. Um, who reads religious texts or whatever if you're selling people's credit card information. Um, can Artie still be see himself as a fine dining chef if he's offering two for one specials? You know, right? It's just kind of yeah. Can he re- can he really consider himself to be separate from the mob and doing honest work? Right. When he's like beating up Benny and 
Right, and I mean, he does kind of bring that on himself. There's also so many connections, I think, in this episode that are bringing characters together. I think that Artie and... There's multiple kind of actions that happen in the episode that kind of remind me of what's happening to other people, like Artie punching... uh, Benny. Benny in the face. Benny responding by kind of like putting his hand in the tomato sauce. There's also Christopher punching, was it Lauren Bacall? Yeah. yeah. In the face. But there's, yeah, there's there's like similar things that characters are going through in terms of not having what they want and questioning their identity. Christopher questioning maybe his position in, or his life in New Jersey, kind of looking for something else and mm-hmm. not, not fitting in having kind of a relationship to Artie in this episode and both taking it out through violence. I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like, maybe that's all they have. But there was something for me in the, the punching, specifically punching Lauren Bacall and the way that Artie punches Benny that kind of tied those two together. There was, I mean, there, there was other kind of examples of connection between yeah, them. The boobs. But... <laughs> boobs. Yeah. Yeah. There's some food food edits yep. and stuff yeah like he was like who's hungry or right. something and like then that there's a, there's and then an there's an edit to, yeah there's christopher but it is yeah it is interesting and i think ultimately this show also possibly gets it that these issues are universal which is funny because in the very end when tony's saying you go about and pity for yourself and already saying that's priceless it's huh. it's interesting because obviously that is priceless. That does apply to Tony as well. But realistically, perhaps it applies to everybody mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these issues that are being dealt with are universal. Yeah. And that Kevin Finnerty journey that introduces this season and the ideas of who am I? What are these bigger questions? They're kind of applying to every character we've ever come to know in the show. Yeah. And we're just kind of seeing it manifest yep. for, for others. And it's just interesting that they choose to manifest it for already Christopher is now kind of also going back to activity that we've already seen him engage in that's destructive earlier on the show he's kind of becoming an addict again he's falling away from the New Jersey family in a way that he's 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 following ideas that are kind of destructive to the life that he has in New Jersey Mm -hmm. not that it's a positive life but Mm -hmm. it has led to destructive places for Christopher in the past. And it's probably linked to the drug use. But it's interesting that we have like a repetition of that behavior. We also have a repetition of Artie with these hostesses. It's just this kind of banality and this kind of cycle of yeah. always the same shit. Yeah. And it's all just too much yeah. for these for these people. Yeah. And I think that is an important theme that gets reinforced at the end of the show because one of the beauties of a television show is that it has so long to unwind. And I think there was some criticism of, you know, just kind of rehashing the same things, but I do actually kind of think that in some ways that's sort of the point. Totally. And I think that that's another example of connection between these characters. Yeah. No. And I think like you, like maybe it is a little like on the nose or whatever, like, but it is, you know, like we can remember back to these scenes, but it kind of just ties them all together for us. Right. Like it allows us to kind of, look at these things that we've witnessed throughout the show and see them in the light of this season, which is as these explorations of like, yeah, identity and those bigger questions. Yeah. I mean, I think every season to a certain extent kind of has a theme and has certain questions that kind of flow through the season Mm -hmm. on the whole. And I Mm -hmm. think that this one's been established very strongly Yeah, from the kind of spiritual journey that Tony had and then 
that kind of spiritual journey happening to other characters. I love at the end too, like Artie is kind of left alone for that moment. He's on his own in the kitchen. And I do feel like there's something more constructive about the way that he has cooking and his relationship to this book of recipes Mm -hmm. and his life developing this skill. There's something about it that it's a little bit bittersweet and Artie's a bit of a disaster and he's lucky to probably not get killed. Yes. (laughs) But ultimately the way that he can cope with this and what he has for his own personal well-being is much more positive and not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But for us, Artie has something that maybe the other characters don't have. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I never really maybe. know what quite to make of that last scene. Like, I don't know what that means. It's complicated. Means for I think Artie, it could be interpreted in different ways. That he makes this, that there's this couple. Like, you know, he does, he does see himself as someone who does feed people, care for people. Like, and it's like what Tony says to him earlier on in the, or early, before that last scene. Like, you know, that was like in that storm when we came here that was some of the happiest i think yeah like the happiest moments of my life yeah like i couldn't imagine anywhere else i would have wanted to be and like that is part of what Artie like tries to create right he doesn't set out to like create a shitty dining experience but like these things do happen to him and so in that scene where he then like has his dad's cookbook yeah i think it's his dad's cookbook i think so yeah um and, you know, he kind of like starts from scratch and makes this dish that he doesn't typically make mm-hmm. that makes him think of his dad. It's this rabbit that he shot, which is, again, I can't quite connect. It feels like that the rabbit meat might not be the best if you just shot it, but pretty impressive marksmanship, know. though. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, um, it's crazy, but. Yeah. Um, seems hard. But yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't know quite what that like indicates for us for Artie. Um, beyond kind of like these ways in which you can kind of get in touch with your deeper roots. And I think that is through exploring those questions, like who is Artie and where does he come from? Well, he comes from this family that really values, you know, caring people, feeding people. Um, well, yeah, I think like those are his know, values. And, and, he, and, yeah. and like, and seeing himself as separate from, Tony and, and definitely people, so I don't know. and he is yeah. separate from them I mean he's yeah. built a life where he's invested in that skill set and mm-hmm. I think that there is something that's presented to us that's more noble about what he does than what every almost everybody else mm-hmm. we see that what their lives are mm-hmm. and I think that this show has presented that like those little moments those moments with family those moments around food are incredibly meaningful and if you think about the whole show which is very bleak on the whole is often about this big nothing has a somewhat nihilistic mm-hmm. viewpoint even like the way this it was really interesting the way this episode is set up those two italians who come over the assassins say we should go see the space where the twin towers were mm-hmm. which for me just kind of reinforces this idea of the show investigating space where things aren't mm-hmm. i actually thought that it was a an interesting way of phrasing like things because yeah this show is constantly so focused on emptiness and what isn't and has a rather bleak way of summing up the world mm-hmm. and those moments i think are very powerful and i think that they are presented to us in ways where they are positive 
and there are still bleak ways of reading them and, and interpreting maybe like what they lead into but there is for me kind of like a power in those moments and I think there's a power in that moment particularly for Artie and maybe for these two other people too but it's a lot nobler for Artie and we can take away from the end of that as Artie kind of goes through this journey in this episode and the series on the whole that he ends up somewhere where we can appreciate and respect him more than almost everybody else yeah and I think that that's important he's obviously incredibly flawed flawed i was gonna say yeah incredibly flawed and he's lucky to have charmaine who kind of (laughs) keeps him keeps him kind of level for the most part even like when Artie just leaves when he sees all the people walking in asking about low sodium yeah all the oldies yeah charmaine just kind of puts a face on and goes and deals with it she's kind of the one who keeps things rooted and moving forward yeah um, and she's also the first one who says people want to talk with each other, not yeah. you. So kind of bringing some honesty yeah. to Artie, which is difficult. Which is interesting too, because like Artie is confronted with that honesty, and other characters aren't in the show. Like think about Tony as a character. Mm-hmm. Many people aren't honest with him because no. they're afraid to. There's even like a focus on that in a previous episode where I think about that slowdown at the poker table where mm-hmm. everybody's laughing and you know people. Carmela says to Tony, you know, of course people, you know, like yeah. you and laugh at you, you know, because they're, you're their boss. or whatever. Yeah. And Artie is a boss of sorts, but he doesn't command that kind of respect. No. And I think that that's hard for him. Even in that moment where he's dealing with his employees, yeah. he kind of freaks out and loses When they're it. like talking about his wife, you know, yeah. like they're, they don't respect him. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't possess that same level of respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Christopher kind of falling into this relapse, dealing with the evolution yeah. in this episode? Hmm. I know. Yeah. It You know, it kind of comes, it's a little bit surprising for us, right? Because we haven't really seen that from Christopher in a bit. <laughs> and so we don't know kind of like when this started again and what, like we don't, we kind of haven't been tracking him yeah. in this as much. Um but again, like it's it's like part of this exploration, like who is he and does he have a capacity to change, right? Like he is trying to make this change towards, you know, and Tony, like when Tony asks him, like, is this business or is this right. time off or whatever? And he's like, yeah. no, no, it's business. But like it is this other thing that he's trying to pursue and he, he considers himself to be this kind of creative guy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he has these like other funny like, Alter, you know, ulterior motives to it about making money and whatever. Like yeah. the ring was so successful and whatever, but um, he he like is really actually he cares a lot about it. And so the whole like back and forth with him and Ben Kingsley and like um, yeah, just the way I mean Ben Kingsley is amazing. Yeah, but yeah, just the way that he like he really can't control himself. He like. He's not in control in any of those moments. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that he's also searching for something outside of the what he possesses mm-hmm. in his life, and he's not getting it. Mm-hmm. And when he's confronted with it in California, it's obvious that he doesn't belong in this world, and perhaps he'll never get it. Like mm-hmm. that idea of when he's in the luxury lounge and seeing that people are getting things for free, he's saying, "How is that even possible?" Mm-hmm. Like. 
Disbelief. And interestingly, in that scene, there's I feel like there's just a lot going on connecting people and people's lives to one another mm-hmm. in this episode, because even there's this kind of snapshot of a video game called True Crime. And it's this kind of like, it's very quick. But in the luxury lounge, there's a TV and there's a game and it's called True Crime. And it, it kind of gives the impression that it's like a New York mob game. Mm. So I feel like it's like everybody emulating and wanting a life from outside. Mm. So even like that Western California world is fascinated with the life surrounding Christopher, mm-hmm. but doesn't have it. Like it's a, it's artificial and right. kind of recreates it. Law and order. SUV. Uh, SUV, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and exactly. And, like, that's an example of Christopher just, like, not belonging in that environment and just showing his ignorance to the way things work there and yet trying so hard to be a part of it. Yeah. And it's similar to Artie. And I think that, like, those human conditions are somewhat universal, universal yeah. and tie together what these characters go through. Yeah. Um, we have Benny, too, who's another character who mm-hmm. has been not overly developed throughout the show but eventually you know is is actually beat down by Artie and and actually and has moments where you know Tony says you brought this on yourself to Benny regarding you know you did this to my childhood friend where I eat this is kind of your fault and then Artie actually goes and engages in behavior that's his fault and there's this kind of back and forth where they're both damaging themselves and the other person this idea too of like already beating benny and saying i'm stupid as if like he's you know like he's searching to not be stupid but obviously i i guess this behavior is is damaging to yeah you know to them yeah um we have Ben Kingsley on an elevator, which makes me think about Matt, Matthew Weiner as a as a writer again and Mad Men. Loves elevators. <laughs> Loves elevators. Yeah, we uh, on a previous Matthew Weiner episode, there was there's an elevator kind of showing up, but it was actually I mean it was great like the, the situations that Ben Kingsley finds himself in being kind of trapped with these people yeah. is uh, is pretty amazing and also yeah and then Ben Kingsley's life and. Um, the situations he's finding himself in with these people, how out of place it is and you know, what he kind of has to do to, to deal with it. Yeah. No, it's funny. Like he's so like polite and cool to them. Like, like he's like, (laughs) but like, he's like, he is way smarter than them. And so he can treat them like they are morons without them knowing it. Right. Um, there's also a lot in this episode just of, I mean, even the fact that Ben Kingsley is in it, Lauren Bacall, David Chase showing yeah. up yeah. On, the, on the plane in the end. There is kind of this connection to the real world that mm-hmm. we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Even brands, right? Like all the brands that are referenced in the luxury lounge as sponsors. Yep. There's definitely something that takes this episode specifically and ties it in closer to our actual world because of all these yeah. all yeah. these characters and and. and products totally totally yeah even like who is it that they mentioned oh sam rockwell be like right mention other people too that we don't see right which is funny which blows me away from hearing well from knowing when this show came on it's like oh sam rockwell is still on scene pretty strong career yeah he's cool he's doing great he's been doing great for a long time yeah he wasn't in uh cleaver though no, that would not have been his breakout. I don't role. think Ben Kingsley is going to be in Cleaver either. Oh man, <laughs> we'll see who is. <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah. an interesting episode. I mean, I think a lot of people 
think of this one in the same way that they think about Christopher. It's like unsuccessful Mm. and it's wasted time. And it's surprising that so close to the end of the series, they leave New Jersey and have these seemingly irrelevant Mm -hmm. storylines. And I kind of get it, but I do think there's an aspect of repetition. And and I think it's important to close out Artie as a character or to give him his moment and to kind of investigate things that have been brewing. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the strongest episode of Sopranos, but... I think there's still there's still a lot in there, and it yeah. does deal with some interesting themes. Yeah, and it does kind of break up our season. It's also like also. a kind of like a more just simple, entertaining, yeah. fun episode than yeah, a lot yeah. of the others are. I think it's a little more literal than yeah. everything else that's surrounding. I mean, for sure, in season six, everything gets pretty heavy and existential. Yeah, which it still is in this episode, but there's more on the surface just in terms of what's actually happening. Yeah. So, what does this lead us into? What do we have coming up? Johnny Cakes. Johnny Cakes. And that's interesting too, right? Like Vito doesn't show up at all. Well, we just hear, I mean, Phil's pretty mad about it. He's pretty mad about it, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And Phil will continue to be mad about it next episode. Yeah. <laughs> He'll continue to be. <laughs> I like that, uh, like when he comes up to Tony and, and indicates to Tony that he knows that Tony killed Rusty, right? Like, like Johnny, right. like Johnny Sachs said, thank you for the news or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he then mentions like the Sleepy Hollow reference, right? Which makes us think back to, um, Steve Buscemi. Right. Tony B. That was a good pickup by uh, Sopranos Autopsy. Uh, I guess you told me, you told me that. <laughs> you told I, can't, me that. I don't take credit for that, but that is great. You should all go read Sopranos Autopsy. Definitely. <laughs> where, yeah. I mean, so Tony having killed Tony Blundetto, who referred to himself as, or he did not refer to himself as Ichabod Crane, but others referred to him as Ichabod Crane and he said that others were very sorry about that. But then this concept of the headless horseman who in the story of Ichabod Crane was the one who actually killed Ichabod Crane. Right. There's some pretty interesting coding going on in that conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting too, like in this episode where it is kind of a standalone episode, the developments that happen are character based and characters that aren't relevant to the most important parts of the story of Sopranos, and yet there's still small things that happen that do propel the narrative of the season forward, like Rusty getting killed. Right. So even in these standalone episodes, standalone episodes, things do happen that are related to the series on the whole, yeah. which is always really successfully yeah, done, totally. I think. Yeah. And Cleaver's, you know, starting to get Cleaver's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, Cleaver's getting made. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be like Saw. Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like all the best movies. Yeah, all of them put together. <laughs> um, cool. So we'll be back soon. We're going to continue with season six. We appreciate you listening. Yeah. And if you have any questions or any thoughts or any things that you hate about this show, you can hey. email us. Oh, hate about our show. Hate about our show? Hate about our podcast? That would be hard for us to take, but <laughs> maybe it's good. <laughs> I don't know if they have anything to hate about Sopranos, but... Oh, no, no, no. There's nothing to hate about Sopranos. Okay. It's perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.